morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Obviously, it's me, Ma, here. Okay. Obviously. And you know what, yeah? This week has just been <coughs> one of those weeks that just so much has been happening. It's just been, it's been one of those weeks of stuff happening. Yeah. Like, was it this week? Am I lying? Yeah, this week. Drake's album came out. He said stuff happening. I thought you were talking about some stuff. Do you know what? Is this guy told me about Drake's album? Yeah, I thought, all right, cool. Yes, let me listen to this. Yeah, blood. Why? Why did it sound like he was trying to have a conversation with me? It wasn't music. It was, it was just. It, it was like it was, it was more like a spoken word thing where there's music playing. He doesn't need to flow with the music. <laughs> He's just talking to you. You know, yeah, I, I find like I was, I was a bit disappointed with this album. Yeah, yeah. And like Beyonce's album came out last week. <laughs> and yeah, I've had Beyonce's album on a lot more than I've had Drake's album. Have you heard all of it? O- of what? Beyonce's album. Yeah, I watched the video. I, I watched the movie. How long is it? An, An hour. hour and a bit. Seriously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it, but I sent Robert the link. It was good. It was good. It was, it was, it was very artistic. Sure, sure. A what bit, part of that video was artistic? Dark, you know, dark, you know. The thing is, I think Beyonce can do anything, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, so artistic." Oh no, oh, no, no she's standing no. up for the culture. Inspiring. Oh, oh Queen like, B. She has yeah. Serena Williams twerking. I wouldn't say that she's standing up for the culture. I, I think that she's very good at, manip- at, at manipulating <laughs> black people. Oh, she is. I'm just here. I'm just here downloading Manga Rock. <laughs> she just eyes in for black people. Anything she does is good. Yeah, but yeah, black people need to realize that Beyonce is not the be all end all in life. The way I'm hearing people are like attacking anyone they think is Becky, yeah, like and not even just like oh, we you should go and kill yourself, your mom's a whore, like attacking her children. Like, <laughs> wow, seriously, who who sits? I mean, you know, keyboard warriors, isn't it? Keyboard warriors are a savage, but it's a Becky with good hair, Bajancy, apparently, is another word for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so apart from Drake coming out this week, Civil War, Captain America, Civil War came out this week. Yeah, yeah. And the rules. Do you know how live that movie was? That movie was live. People that are m- saying it's the best Marvel movie it, ever. It was the best Marvel movie ever. <laughs> better than Avengers 1. Everything was better than Avengers 2, to be honest. But it was better than Avengers 1. No. Not I, like, Avengers I liked Avengers 2. No. There were two. There were two happy family for me. That's not what it's supposed to be. No, just it was a good setup. It was good, but all that, all that infighting needs, needs to be there because their personality. Because even though they're, they're a team, their personalities still have to clash, like it was in Civil War. You know. No spoilers. Don't worry. No spoilers. But like, can Monster I, hasn't seen. Can it. I, I haven't seen it. it. That's why I'm silent right now. Yeah. These guys spoil it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther, you were sick, man. Iron Man, he was sick. Captain America, he was sick. Everybody was sick. Literally, everyone. Everyone. Even everyone. Hawkeye, who just got the bow and arrow, even he was sick. And, like, the fights were sick. <laughs> Storyline was deep. It got deep at the end. It was just beautiful. It was, it was a good movie. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, obviously, the question was, who side do you want? Mm. Team Cap. Team Iron Man. Team Cap all day. Team Iron Man. Team Cap all day. Because Iron Man's the realist. Iron Man uh, understands that superheroes need to be kept in check. Team Cap realises that the government will always be the government. They will only control you to the best of the corporations that own them. We're getting into some conspiracy theories right here, lads. Um, 
So yeah. So for those of you that don't know, this is in the trailer, so it's not spoiler territory. But the whole thing with uh, Captain America Civil War was the Avengers, the superheroes, either need to sign allegiance to the government. It wasn't just one government. It was the it's the government of you know United Nations or countries. Yeah. They either need to do that or they uh, they go you know they become outlaws because they are outside of the law. Yeah. And basically, that's what an outlaw. What, is. what happened was if they signed the thing. They were only allowed to go on missions that the government said they were allowed to go on. Yes. Or they have to go on missions. Like, they're controlled by the government, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, Team Cap, Team Iron Man. Iron Man's down for it. Cap, not so much. You'd think, you'd think Captain America would, would be down for it. But then Captain America has a conscience. Captain and, America and is a pagan. He is. And he, he, he realises that the safest hands are still out on. Captain America likes to follow the rules only when he doesn't want to follow the rules. He's like a girl. He's basically like a girl. <laughs> Imagine. I said it's like a goat. No offense to me, love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you say a girl or a goat? A girl. A girl. Oh, I thought it's a goat. A girl. No means no until it doesn't. Basically. And so, so mm. yeah, so I think this podcast was going to be about when to submit to authority and when to yeah. say no. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, ideally, I think the first question is, you know, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Or team Iron Man. Evidently, I am Team Cap because I have sense. I'm team mutual until I until I see this film. I'm team Jesus. I <laughs> five. I think Jesus will be team Cap. But anyway, Jesus will be team Iron Man. Actually, Jesus, Jesus will be team will... Black Panther. Because Black Panther was just the hardest thing. Doctor. Jesus will be team Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the, the idea was yeah yeah as you said um, yeah, yeah authority and how far we should. Okay, I think. A nice way to break this down mm. is if we did it family, work, maybe relationships. No, church. Mm. Then you forgot to have relationships. Okay. Uh, so let's start with family. Uh, so we are all children to parents. Once. Once. No, well, can you never stop being a child to your parents? True. Especially if they're African parents. So let's start with. Let's start with Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses, you've moved out of your house. You live in your own house now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, how much do you feel like you need to listen to what your parents tell you? Tell the truth and the devil. <laughs> um, I have had a life riddled with rebellion to various degrees. The major one. Because obviously I was born a Muslim, now I'm a Christian. Is that spiritual? <laughs> like, like. So obviously when my parents found out, I was threatened to be disowned, to be kicked out. Um, before I got married, parents were like, right, if you become a Muslim, we'll pay for your wedding. These times we're, we're looking at numbers saying, yo, how are we going to pay for this wedding? My mum's like, become a Muslim, we'll pay for you. Calm. Damn. <laughs> um, right um, but, um... What was the question again? Um, now that, <coughs> that you've moved out of your house, what does listening to your parents look like to you? Um, okay, you know what? With my parents, for the most part, my mum doesn't give advice. She tells you what to do. Mm. As most African parents do. So it's like, if she says, you know what, I think you should do this. If you don't do it, she'll be like, yo, I told you to do this. Why <laughs> didn't you do it? But it's the case of, I think, my mum's come to understand that I'm going to do what I decide I want to do. Mm. Um, so, 
Mum will say you should do this. I say, alright, cool. I hear what you're saying. But I'm still going to think about it and think about my route. Um, she's still she's still very opinionated. And no, I'm pretty much talking about my mum. There's a reason for that. Um, That's deep. Um, but let's not get onto that in the podcast. Um, before you think, my dad's on the scene. Mum and dad live together. Happy family. All of them things there. Well, there's no such thing as happy family. But, um... Apart from... I'm not going to say that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a case of... Mum sort of is very highly opinionated. But because I don't live with her, I don't necessarily need to present everything to her. And whenever I don't present everything to... Whenever I do present something to her, I take whatever she says on board. And I let her know that I'm thinking about what she's saying. Even if I don't do what she wants me to do, I'm thinking about what she's doing. What was she saying? When I was living with her, it was very much a case of um, doing things before I ask her. Or before she finds out. So I'll get a tattoo. Then she'll find out. Don't get another one. Okay, get another one. Then she finds out. So it's like, I just kept on doing it. So it got to the point where I was like, you don't, you don't listen to me. Um, but my mum still very much offers her opinion. Um, I think it, it's, come, it's, it's one of those ones where I've gotten to a place where I want to carve out a life for myself rather than following in another person's footsteps. Mm-hmm. So, in as much as her advice is there, is always present, um, she, I think she's come to understand and to respect that I will somehow make do, even if I don't follow her, her advice. Oh, it was very difficult in my teenage years, but now having a family, moving out, being able to stay afloat, she's still got priorities and stuff that she wants me to follow down, but I'm trying to make her understand that her priorities and mine don't necessarily line up. Oh. <laughs> so, Mark, Robert, so you're the youngest here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to throw it to me and I'm not ready yet they say I'm the youngest I'm 25 <laughs> which is not very young at all oh no I mean youngest amongst us yeah okay. yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. so yeah so I'm still living at home um yeah um I just listen to you know what yeah how to put this once I've got an idea in my head like there's nothing anybody can, <laughs> can say to make me change my mind so yeah, so I know my mum means the best when she gives me advice. Yeah. But if I've already got an idea or a plan of what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. It's either going to be I do it and you see, or, <laughs> or, I, or I do it and, and you see afterwards. And yeah, for a very long time, my mother and I butted heads. We, we still butted heads. And I know she means the very best for me. And she'll say, Go and do this, or mm. go and do that. Mm. And, and, and growing, growing up, a little bit was like very music orientated. Mm. So it was go to this music workshop, go and join this orchestra, because mm. it will help you, help those who come after you. Da, da, da. I don't like play, playing in, 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 in orchestras. I'm not, when it comes to music, I'm not much of a team player, especially with like classical music. It's, it's same with babes, mate. <laughs> Man said I'm not a team player. <laughs> I just I've I've never enjoyed being part of an orchestra. So then, my, so then, like we found this orchestra. Well, I didn't find it. My mom found it, 
And then she said, oh, I, I, I think this would be a very good orchestra for you to be joining, mm. to be a part of. I said, I don't want to be part of the orchestra. <laughs> Somehow I ended up going to the orchestra. Because, yeah. like, yeah, in, like, African culture, it's very hard for you to... Like, disagree. Disagree <laughs> with, with your parents. You don't disagree with your parents. And, yeah, and then it got to a point where, like, I would literally go out of the house with my viola and I wouldn't go to, go to the orchestra... I'll go to uni and just like do work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come to concert night and then you just see me just slide into the orchestra. <laughs> it was crazy. But then, yeah, after all, I just, I just stopped going completely because I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I'm, if I don't see the benefit of doing something, then I won't do it because I need to understand why I'm doing something. Why? Why is a very important question for me. So, so if I don't understand the why, I won't do it. Mm. Um, yeah, but I feel like she's starting to understand that the ideas that she has for me and my life is very different from the ideas that I have for for myself and my life. Mm. And I think she's just coming to terms with mm. that slowly but surely. Mm. Like she knows I want to get into wedding planning and stuff. She'll still be sending me job applications to become a teacher or go go into engineering. <laughs> Even though <laughs> So baby steps. Baby steps. I hear of musicians that still have that situation, like their parents will still be like, So when are you gonna get a proper job? Yeah. And they're making millions, so it's like, yeah, but when are you gonna get a proper job? Uh yeah, she she, she dropped that when you're gonna get a proper job to mm. me a, a few days ago. Because like like right now I'm I'm in that process of like interning mm. to get to gain experience that I need yeah. to go on to get a better job. Oh, yeah. But African parents no, don't, don't understand this. They don't, you know. You're an intern, are you getting paid? No, then it's not a job. <laughs> it's necessary. It's a step. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so I will. I understand that she's lived many more years than I have, mm. so she's got that experience. Yeah. But sometimes experience isn't valid. You need to contextualize it. Yeah. Mm. Um, like in the the, the the world I live in it's very different from the world yeah. she lived in so sometimes the advice she's giving me doesn't correlate to, to, like, to like the situation Yeah. so sometimes you just have to say okay you know, just do what you're going to do anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you and it, 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 it becomes a thing of if you follow what she does and something goes wrong then you'll, you'll like be resentful towards her mm. because you followed her instead of following yourself mm. as opposed to if you follow yourself and something goes wrong at least you know okay it was my fault that I'm like this happened mm. and then I, I feel like it's a lot easier to live with mistakes that you've made mm. because they were your, your decisions than it is to live with mistakes that other people have caused you to make mm. in the past does that make sense yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that agreeable yeah alright yeah. okay Peter you're up so Peter is currently living at home but not for long yeah he's, he's in the process of moving out of his house very soon mm. so my question is how does listening to your parents look now as you're in the transition period to independence and living by yourself and will living by yourself do you think that will have an effect on how much you take on your parents advice or mm. the commands not, not necessarily I think uh, uh well, I know my dad listens to this now, so... <laughs> Shut up, daddy. I've got to be careful. Uh, nah, I think I'm, I'm lucky uh, to be in a position where now, uh, you know, even though even though I'm from a 
deeply African culture uh, 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 um, household. My my parents, dare I say, respects my opinion. Um, and so now, especially, it's a matter of um, yeah, whatever they they say to me, it, it tends to be in the form of advice, and it tends to be advice that they understand I might not take. Mm. You know, so it's it's not as it's not, it's not as bad as it used to be. Where back in the day, like one thing my dad pointed out was, yeah, you Peter will say yes and he'll say thank you and also please, but it doesn't mean anything mm. <laughs> <laughs> because they'll say something and like more often than not for me to avoid conflict and to avoid sitting there and then you know having someone complain at me, I'll just be like, oh okay, yeah okay sure I won't do that again I understand. And then the next day I'm gonna do the same thing. Just have to do it. Anyway. <laughs> just, just, just live your life. <laughs> and so they saw that pretty quickly, um, and uh, and and it, it's now a thing where I think I'm lucky enough for them to respect that I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to make those decisions prayerfully, and make informed decisions. Um, but I will take on their advice anyway. And I've always been a person to love listening and love taking advice. So. You know, I'm I'm that guy. Like literally, there's this um, security guard at the library near our place, and sometimes I go there, and half the time I'm just sitting there listening to him, and he will tell he will tell me stories, and he will give me all this advice, and I'll just like listen and soak it all in. Cause I just like, I think there's there's value in, you know, wisdom. There's value in in advice from, you know, older older people that have more experience or have more life years than you do, but at the same time, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna take every bit of advice I get. Because um, some of it, not it's not useful, mm. um, and I think my, I'm, I'm lucky now. My parents realize that. I think when I move out, it will be the same thing. It will be a matter of you know, they will advise and I'll ask for their advice, so I'd go to them for advice. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to take it. Um, but I will listen to it. I will take it on board, and it will inform my decision. Um, so if your mom calls you and says, so, so like you live by yourself now, yeah. your mom comes and calls you and says, Peter, come on, come and buy some food and bring it to the house. Mm. Is that something that, that you would do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, stuff like that isn't necessarily advice or anything. Oh, no, yeah, but like, but, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, sending me and asking me to do stuff, they still do that now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and, and that, that much I'll always do. I think one thing I was even going to say as well was, like, uh, for me, uh, you you might call it superstition or whatever, but there are certain things that I won't do if I know they're not comfortable with it, even if it's not bad. Like what? So something like the um, when I joined uni, I joined the OTC uh, officers training. So basically, joined the TA, mm-hmm. um, and it was just it was just training. You're part of the TA. You you're not gonna get called out for war or anything. But my parents have always been against me being in a cadet, and this has been from secondary school, and I've been in the cadet since secondary school. But this one, my mom was like, no, I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't do it, I shouldn't do it. And, you know, we, we'd go and we'd train with guns and we'd shoot, like, proper bullets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, in this instance, because she kept on banging, like, you know, banging at home that she's not comfortable with this, she stopped talking about it. She went to tell one of my pastors, and then my pastor's calling me up in school, like, oh, I heard you're joining that army. And I'm like, keep quiet, you don't know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> But it was the fact that I knew she wasn't comfortable with it. That's enough to make me not do it. Oh. Um, and, and that's just... I'm I'm not comfortable with it, so I won't do it. Because, you know, that's my mum. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I won't do it. Or, or my dad. You know, there's certain things I won't do 
if I know that they're not comfortable with it. Unless I feel definitely God is saying I should do this, then, you know, I'll explain to them that I feel God is saying I should do this and I will do it. And they, they tend to understand as well, so it's, it's not too bad. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my mum's sending me and asking me to buy stuff, yeah. I'll do it grumbling, I'll do it, I know, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself, Jamelia? Um, I'm used to getting backlash from my parents because I'm just a stubborn child and I do what I want. So, from a very young age, I think my first major, I'm not doing what you want, was when I was 11, my mum wanted to send me to some any preppy white school and you know i went to a preppy white school for primary school i didn't have a choice because i was four at the time so <laughs> i didn't know what i was getting myself in for but when it came to secondary school i made a conscious effort to not do what she wanted so she made me take all these tests for private school um and i kept failing them on purpose <laughs> one of them i still managed to get a scholarship up to this day i don't understand <laughs> But um, you would have been the token black girl. I, mu- I, yeah. I must have got in on diversity for that one because <laughs> I was writing the wrong answers. Um, yeah, everything was just long, and I basically picked the worst school in my area. But I, I picked it based on how many black people attended. It had nothing to do with the prospectus. We went to view the school. I wasn't looking at the school. I didn't talk to the teachers. I sat in that hall. I scanned the room. And I said, yes, there are black people here. I'm coming to the school. And that was it. And yeah, I think from then, my mum tries to get in battles with me about things, but she knows ultimately she's going to lose. So that's just the dynamic of our relationship, really. So if Leia starts giving us back chat, yeah? It's not back chat, though. I don't back chat my mum. I have respect, but I'm not crazy. Not suicidal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I did grow up in a Jamaican house where we got beat. Um, I'm not crazy, but I am very opinionated. And when I've made up my mind about something, you can talk to the cows come home. When you finish, I'll be like, okay, that's fine. But like I said, <laughs> this one, when I did. Um, well, one thing I did want to say, because of what Mo raises, because I was thinking about this actually yesterday, mm. um, about the fact that if there's one sentence you will hear, and then they like in in just African Africa being like in black community, it's like oh this person doesn't listen, or parents say mm-hmm. these child these children don't listen. And I was thinking about it literally yesterday or this morning, and it's like you raised them. <laughs> <laughs> where do you where do you think they get that from? And I, you know I think literally it's because parents don't listen to their children yeah. that their children don't listen to the parents. But the thing is, when they say you don't listen, they mean you don't do what I say, (laughs) which is totally different. I listen. I heard you. It's not that I don't listen. I don't care. It's it's very different. It's very different. Okay, so just before we move on from this whole family thing, a question for you married people and married to big people. If your parents or family have a problem with your other half or other half to be, do you take how, how much of what they say about your other half, do you take into consideration when considering this person to be your other half? Zero. That's Zero a them problem. <laughs> That's a That's them problem. your problem, yeah? Zero percent. No, I, I, I'll say, yeah, obviously, my wife's parents had a lot to say about me. A lot. 
And she didn't take any of it into consideration, not that I believe so anyways. But I would say Like I said, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I would say though, um it all depends on the dynamics of your situation of your relationship and how long you have been together. If it is a case of you've just met this guy or just met this girl, you're smitten, you're singing T Pain I'm sprung, like I'm trust me. And like you're fully just going ham and your parents are like, yo, I'm I'm looking at this guy's or this girl's character and it's it's not one hundred. That's at the beginning of the relationship. So I would say take heed to what they're saying. But if you have spent considerable time with this person, then you should know more of this person's character than your parents. I would still say that your parents kinda hold a fresh perspective that you might not necessarily have. Um in terms of Jamelia, I had been friends with her for years before we actually started pursuing a relationship and I had comments thrown my way that should peak just peak but we had been friends long enough for her to be able to know me and know my character to know that those specific comments weren't true so it is very much a part it is very much based on how well do you know your partner do you know that aspect of them to be able to um, confidently refute statements coming about them mm. so it's like yeah the, did you really know me enough to be able to refute some of the statements, well, all of the statements the parents were saying, yes. Mm. And I, I can say that, honestly, and I can say that was a testament to the friendship we had before we started to pursue a relationship. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she was in a position of disregarding it. But I would say, <clears throat> since she was in a position to disregard it, not all of our listeners might be in that position. No. So, don't just disregard it. Can you confidently refute what your parents are saying? If you can't, look into it. If you can, then be assured in what you know. Yeah. I think um, it's important to note as well, like, by God's grace, evidently, only by God's grace, um, I find myself, or oh, we, we find ourselves amongst prayerful people. Mm. So, James is a very prayerful woman, you're a very prayerful guy, Rob is very prayerful about babes. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. <laughs> he didn't lie. Peter apologized. He didn't lie. <laughs> but like, um, we we all tend to approach things in prayer, mm. uh, and I think that's another thing where, you know, like parents were only. It's only Nigerian movies that present parents as you know ever having anything other than the kid's best interest at heart, um, and so they will say things. And to them, they think that they're saying it, you know, for your best interest. Mm. But half the time, you know, there's so many different things that they're taking into mm-hmm. or that they're bringing, you know, so much baggage that they're bringing. <laughs> Maybe their mum was right about your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Maybe. And then they're like bringing that onto you or projecting that onto you. Um, but like, I think it, it's important for you to know the person, but also prayerfully, you know, prayerfully. Is this something that God has revealed to my mom because I am too smitten to see? Mm. You know, or is this something that God has revealed to my dad because I'm, I'm, you know, she's everything I want and so I don't care. Um, but at the same time, you know, are you also prayerful in, in what you're doing? And mm-hmm. are you prayerfully you know, considering these things that they're saying or dismissing them? 
I think it's important to do it prayerfully. One one thing that I found, you know, African moms always be like, oh, she's with you for your money. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, that's the only time that like I snapped back at my mom because she said something to that effect before she got to know um, my fiance properly. And I was like, she makes more money than me. You didn't realize that. If anything, I would have for her money. <laughs> but like, you don't know that, you know, and you're only saying that because that's, the general idea, Ooh. especially in Ghana, you know, that girls go around looking for, you know, and obviously she thinks a lot of me, but she hasn't met this girl, because this girl is, like, incredible, and I'm just, you know, Pete, she doesn't know that, so I had to put her right there. I'm saying put her right now, because she doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Before she puts you right. <laughs> my dad listens to it, so he might play it for her. <laughs> but, no, like, you know, I think my parents will only say things that also, they, they believe in. Yeah. Hi, uncle. <laughs> Hi, uncle. You see, everything that Peter's saying, yeah, I, I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah? I, I'm the good guy. Oh, I'm please. the good guy in this team, yeah? Ross, you're definitely here me talking about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but my parents only say the things that they think <coughs> is best for me, and sometimes I have to provide more information for them to realise that maybe that opinion that they might have is wrong. Um, but I do so prayerfully and they do so prayerfully as well so it's, it's all cool most of the time I think it's like in movies it's depicted that you know you get engaged and everybody's really happy and then you all sit around the table celebrating and, and mm. planning the wedding and realistically most of the time that is Fire. not the case mm. because getting married is a massive thing and parents are anxious about it mm. and usually when you're ready to make that step they're not ready to let you go mm. and so all of those things can cause them to be um negative about your decision mm. when it's not really about your decision it's about their own perspective mm. of stuff mm. um in our situation i thought my mum and dad would be cool because you know their holy ghost saved people right <laughs> and they should be happy that i'm getting married to a Holy Ghost saved man, yeah. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I ran off, got pregnant, and did the next thing. Like, I'm saying, you know, this is what we're trying to do. You think you really? didn't trap him. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. I had no intention of trapping him. You mean you had the truth? <laughs> I'm going to catch you, bro. <laughs> not anyway, much, not, not so much of a catch. <laughs> moving on, um, to put it into perspective, so, from Moses' parents' side, they were like, you know, on a cultural, religious thing, like, we are not on this because you're not Muslim, which I can understand. My parents were like, this is not of God. Yeah? <laughs> Blood. Listen. Blood. So, both sides were just shutting down the team. <laughs> and in the middle, I was just like, there were times that Moses was trying to have heated discussions with my parents, and I knew it was pointless. Yeah, so I'm watching him trying to have it out with them, and in my head I'm like, just leave it. Just you have to leave them, and when they finish talking, you just say, I'ma pray that God shows you what one. I'm not arguing with you. Like I'm not. I really like, not. How it's like, I can't. I've come to Jimmy's parents here, yeah, and I say to them, Yo, like I believe this. Your daughter's meant to, like the one for me, and. He didn't say in it. He was not a rogue obviously, man. Obviously. <laughs> I said, I believe your daughter's the one for me. Some, some listeners are like, ah, that's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why. He didn't say it like that. Just... I believe your daughter's the one for me. And it's like, I started dating your daughter. It's like, as soon as we started dating, I was like, yo, yeah, 
I need to see your parents. I remember that conversation. I need to see your parents. I want to sit down and just let them know that these are my intentions. This is what, this is where the relationship's going to go. So I was like, I need to see your dad. Mm. And her dad was like, why do you just want to see me though? What, what, what about her mum? So I was like, yeah, but biblically you're the head of the household, it? so I need to present to you. And, but long story short, both of them, Marge was like, well, you didn't put a ring on her finger, so we're not going to have this conversation. Basically. Then I put a ring on her finger. <laughs> Mars was like, you didn't have my permission to put a ring on her finger. I'm like, wait, 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 yo, whoa, babe, wait. And then yeah, this this I think this is the reason I had a heated conversation with them, yeah. The mum goes to me, well her mum, not the mum, her mum goes to me. <laughs> the mum. <laughs> the mum. Representing all mum. The mum. Her mum said to me, yeah. You've only been saved for three years. You're still a babe in the faith. Go mature before you come and propose to my daughter. Blood. I looked at her, yeah? I was like, how can you tell me that I'm still a babe? But I think that's when the convo got heated. Yeah, it got heated. <clears throat> I had to just, you know, put some holiest water on there and just sprinkle it down. How are you going to question <laughs> my whole salvation based on a timeline? Yeah, we'll see. Can I just say, <coughs> in positive news, yeah, everybody came to the wedding, <laughs> both dads she gave that. a speech, she right, at this point in time, Moses goes to my mum and dad's house regularly, he calls them mum and dad, like, trust me, I had to call them Mr and Mrs last name before, I'm not going to point out last name, <laughs> Mr and Mrs last name before, but now yeah. they're, they're all on good terms, so, they even buy me Chinese, they do. As you can see, you know, just because it starts one way doesn't mean it's going to finish cheer, the same way. Cheer, cheer, cheer. And that's one thing I need to add as well. And it's exactly what Peter was saying through prayer. I heard God saying, yo, you know what? You and Jamelia's dad are going to be cool. But you and Jamelia's mum are going to butt heads mad. But afterwards, you lot are going to be cool. And the reason is because my mum had some fancy, fancy vision in her head. <laughs> that I think most black women mothers have for their daughters that i was going to marry some lawyer some doctor someone she could boast about to her brethren and all that like oh yes well my daughter's engaged to the lawyer do you know what yeah. i mean like all of that that's crap. just black girls in general how, how, how about my daughter is happily engaged yeah right. but they don't business about that because wow. then it's like well what does he do what and at that do? time he was working part-time in part-time in sainsbury's so he's living at his mom's house you know driving driving my sister's car, car. <laughs> But, you know, I always wanted to get married to somebody that we could build a life together. I didn't want to be anybody's trophy wife, so... Jeez. Yeah, I'm quite happy with what we've built together. Yeah, we are building, but yes. But yeah, you can move on, sorry. Yeah. Can I just say that watching these two grow as a family with, Grace, with, with Leah, just beautiful. Yeah, just it really is. Really is. Yeah, man, you guys are... You guys are like the first married couple that are my friends. Aww. Like I'm learning so much with you guys. I've got more married couple friends. Yeah, but you're older, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's expensive. Since I'm older, like what? One, two years old? Two, two, two years. years. 25 and 27, that's a big... No, it's not. It's not. No, it it's is. not. It really isn't. What's, what's the age of the babes that you're chasing? Exactly. 24. <laughs> ah, that's not a big hair. Yeah. see? No, 25 and it's 27. One no, no, no. 25. If someone says 25... Okay, they're, they're just 
coming out of the, the, the early 20s. 27. You might as well be 30 next year to be honest. Because it's 30 then you are. You're on the wrong side of 25. <laughs> but I feel 16. That's what I'm going to say. Like, physically. You don't look at me, are you? Anyway, so we talked about the family. Yeah. Let's move on to the workplace. Mm. How, uh, what's the topic again? I forgot. What's the topic? Um, Civil war. You surf in authority. Oh, yeah. Authority in the workplace. Mm. So, has there ever been a time when the higher ups have just been like trying to do their own thing? You're like, you know what, yeah. This is not not how the way it's supposed to be. I've actually got a perfect example for this. So, after uni, you know, my um, scholarship didn't go through, not scholarship didn't go through, my guaranteed workplace didn't go through after uni. So, I was looking for a job, got a sales job. Oh, sales. Phone calls, dead, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, cold calling. Cold, cold, cold calling people, right? And my manager literally takes me aside. I've been in this job for a couple of weeks. Manager literally takes me aside and is like, Peter, you need to leave the good upbringing and your Christianity at home. <laughs> this, he says this to me. Wow. <laughs> he says, you follow the script, but, you know, it doesn't matter if you make the numbers seem a bit nicer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got... A million subscribers. Yeah, it only says 500,000 on the thing. Well, you know, why not? <laughs> Are they going to check? Like, I'm, I'm saying the verbatim. Like, he's like, oh, they're not going to check. If they're going to check, you know, what are you going to do? You read it wrong. That's fine. Like, I read it wrong. <laughs> what kind of math did you learn? I'm like, he's asking me to lie. He's asking me to, like, literally sell my, my, my conscience for a paycheck. 5.25 an hour. So I, I, I can't do it. I'm going to try and then convince him. I'm going to try and then like speak, maybe do something else. But I'm not going to compromise this. Um, and and for me, it was it was literally a matter of I couldn't be there for long. So I was only there for a month, and then I got wow. out. <laughs> but you got a job when you got out, didn't you? You got a job when you. I was there. I was there for th- for a couple of weeks. In the third week, I got recruited for another job. Mm-hmm. Did the whole um, interview thing, and then literally within a month, I was out. Yeah, cool. So, so, so about you, man? <clears throat> Have you ever been in a position where um, your higher ups are just like need to be put in their place? Uh, yeah, Sainsbury's. Yeah, obviously going back. When I first started Sainsbury's, I was in college. Finished second year of college. Finished college, went to uni. My first year timetable had me finishing work on a Friday at 6 o'clock. Um, my Friday shift started at 6 o'clock. So I went into work and I said to my manager, yo, I said to the store manager, like, it's physically impossible for me to get here at 6 because my uni finishes at 6. This guy turns around and says to me, well, you just can't make the decision which was more important to you. <laughs> really, though? Literally. In Sainsbury's. Savage. He turns around and says to me, you just got to make the decision which is more important to you. Please believe I started coming into work at 8.30. <laughs> I would come in at 8.30, clock in, do my shift, and then leave at 10. Two and a half hours. <laughs> I did that for like a month, and then they pulled me up for a disciplinary. <laughs> Important. <laughs> they pulled me up with disciplinary and I said to them yo you do the math I finished uni at 6 
I start here at six. I spoke to the head. He said, you got to make, I make, fam, I need a job and I need, I need uni. So, something's got to give. <laughs> After that, they just changed my contract to 8.30, 10 o'clock. So, I got two and a half hours on a Friday. <laughs> the most pointless shift the most point- do you know what it was the most pointless shift yet but because it was so pointless I actually used to enjoy it yeah because you know you're going home yeah. literally I would drive in and then I'm like Aye. I'm going home now <laughs> yes I'm going home it's one of them people that flies by the party like yo yo I was there I was there <laughs> mate so yeah that that was one time that, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Have you got another one? Yeah, I got another one, but um, it's not necessarily you th- certain authority or, but um, actually, this this one is more of a testimony that prayer works and praying for your enemy works. Damn. So listen carefully. I was in the Sainsbury's. I moved departments from checkouts to gen- uh, to GM. General merchandise. So I'm working the DVDs and stuff, yeah. My supervisor was on crud. She was just moving, just reckless, like the wicked witch from from what, what Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Huh? Ah. Was it Snow White? <laughs> what, wait, what was it? Wizard no, 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 she was just moving mad. What was she doing? Blood, like, obviously she's my supervisor, so I'm working. If there's anything that she, I did that she didn't like, she would call me out in a public place. Wouldn't even, like, take me, nah, call me out, and then she would talk to me like, like I was from any you. Some any guy just walk on, walk into the store trying to steal snapjacks or flapjacks or something like that. <laughs> One time I came to the store to do something in HR. I came from the gym. So I'm in my gym stuff, still fresh gym sweat. Dropped yeah. the stuff off, trust me. Dropped the stuff off. <clears throat> I went upstairs to go say hi to my manager. And she was sitting there in the canteen in front of everyone. Started blasting me. These times I'm in my own arms. I'm like, yo, did I come here? to get spoken to like this in my own clothes. So I sent my manager a text, I was like, you know what? If I'm not doing a good job, let me know. I'll switch departments. Simple as that. And it's a case of, as that level of respect for your elders restrained me from saying anything back. So I was like, oh, you know what? I started feeling convicted, pray for her. So I was praying for her, blessing her. Still doing my thing, she was still trying to do whatever. I was praying for her. Two twos coming to work one time. I don't see her in. I see a couple of police cars outside, though. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple, just a couple in a bully van as well. So I was like, okay, what's what's, what's going on here? Blood. Obviously, it's the same reason everyone talks. Yo, your supervisor was stealing, fam. Like, swear down. Yeah, do you know what? She would take her bag into the cage and then she was slipping stuff into it. Like, she's been doing that. She started working there the same year I was born. <laughs> 1989. She's been, she was working there for like 22 years. She'd built a pension 
she done every 22 years and you're still a supervisor. You're a waste man. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a case of, yeah, she had built a pension, she had done everything, yeah, and she got caught stealing day-to-day stuff. She took Gillette razor blades, <laughs> shaving foam. Like, she was still DVDs every now and then. She would take cereal. It's cold. It's cold. Cereal. Parts of the job and that, you know. And the thing is, because you work... Which part of your prayers was working? (laughs) Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me finish the thing. Because this is general merchandise, so because we work with the high-value stuff like DVDs, games, game consoles and stuff like that, they tend to monitor people who are working there. Mm. So they start to monitor her, realise that, yep, things are going out. Caught her, they asked her, yo, why were you stealing? What were you doing with them? She was like, yeah, so I was just stealing stuff that I needed. And some of the stuff I was just stealing them for presents. I'm like, you're a waste, man. <laughs> you're stealing DVDs to give us presents. Now you've lost your job and your pension. Waste, man. Um, but yeah, in terms of my prayer, God said, bless your enemies. He, vengeance is for the Lord. Cut. Vengeance came. Piling coals of thingy. On the vengeance head. came. Yeah. And vengeance came in a form of a police siren. <laughs> She got shifted. But the worst thing is, she got shifted and I got her job without her payslip. <coughs> so basically, I started doing supervisor duties without being paid as a supervisor. Peak. More prayer. And how did, how did it make you feel when she got taken away? Oh, I felt, I felt relieved. I felt re- relief, not relieved. Relief. It's just a case of the woman who just constantly put pressure on me, telling me I wasn't doing a good job. And, and in terms of um, in terms of this topic, I continue to do what I was doing. So everything that I was doing that like she was saying I wasn't doing well, so long as I knew that my manager was cool, I didn't have to listen to my supervisor. Mm. So everything that I was doing, I was kind of checking with the manager, ensuring that everything was cool. And the supervisor who had an issue with me, I just kept on sidestepping her. Wouldn't really talk to her. I'll leave a handle if I had to, whatever. But in terms of her, who had the issue with me, I just, I just left her. Did what I needed to do. Um, prayed for her. And then God just shifted her out. <laughs> Swift. Mm. Prayer works, guys. Prayer works. <laughs> All right, Jimena, you're up. <clears throat> um, okay, so after I finished uni, I went into a job as a teaching assistant in a secondary school in... <laughs> no? Oh yes. Um, if you're I was, talking the hardest. <laughs> I was working specifically with SEN um, in the SEN department. So anyway, after a while of being amazing at my job, um, <laughs> the Senko decided she wanted to give me two groups to work with outside of their class, whatever, take them out of class to work with them. So she gave me these two lists of names, right? And she specifically said to me, list A, I want you to focus all your attention on them. Because, you know, they they deserve it. Mm. And list B, meh, basically. Oh. Like, whatever on it. So I didn't know who these girls were, yeah? <laughs> Let's just say, list A was Becky. With the good yeah. hair. With the good hair. Don't know about the good hair, but it was Becky. Wow. And list B... Was Ayamide with the weave, okay? So, damn. Yeah, I, when I found out that basically all the girls on this A were white and all the girls on this B were black, 
I was just, I was shocked. I wasn't shocked because I know institutionalised racism exists, yeah? Mm. But I'm black. Why would you say that to me? Like, <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> I decided, do you know what, yeah? I'm going to put more effort mm. into Lispy. How about that? Mm. How about that? You know? So, um... I did still work with the Beckys guys, like, I'm not saying I shaded them because they were white, it weren't that deep. But what I found out was a lot of the girls on this B, because of bad behaviour, they had um, put them in low classes even though they were quite intelligent. Mm. And two of the girls, they had taken off doing GCSEs and made them do some any, like, I don't know what they're called, some like, substitute. B-Tech or something like that. Not even B-Tech, it was like, key skills. Yeah, something that's not going to get you into college, you no. Just mm. some, any... So you can still come just to pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, to say we educated you. So, um, I started putting my effort into this one girl who um, was like the tyrant of the school. All the teachers hated her. And um, my Senko, like, she, she was getting vets because I was overstepping her. I was going to heads of year heads of subjects and saying that I really think she can do her English GCSE, what's mm. the coursework she needs to do, like how make sure she does it, all of this stuff. And I basically got her enlisted on not all her GCSEs but maths, English and science. Mm. And um she passed Jeez. and then I left. <laughs> so I was like, I ain't working under the racist <laughs> system. Yeah. <coughs> I just proved to you that your little misconceptions are wrong, mm. but I could I couldn't take it. After that day, I was just like, "So, what do you think of me? Like, do you actually think I deserve?" That's kind of crazy. Like, that's a different kind of bold. bold like, in, like, I don't even think she course. saw. You know, there's some white people mm. who, when you get to a certain level, they don't see you as black. <laughs> like, no, it's like you're not. You don't represent black people because mm. you're well spoken and you're educated and stuff like that. But. The, the rest of them are still, you know, below the pecking order. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just sidestepped her whole life. And then I waited until the summer holiday to write my letter of resignation. And I told the head teacher, oh, you need to investigate your Senko because she's racist. Simple as. Yeah. Right. Am I up next? Is there? Okay. Well, what should I talk about? Um, you had all this time to think. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So I was recently let go from a job. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we say? Let it go. Mentioning no names, yeah? No, no, no names. No, no names, names, no names. I'm not petty like that. I, I, <laughs> I like the reason I'm not petty like that. <laughs> I'm a bit petty like that, but no, no, let's be, let's be nice, you know. Jesus is doing a work in me, and actually <laughs> trying to make me a new person, a new creation, isn't it? So let's, let's, let's be that new creation today. So, I applied for a job to be an events manager for a, a company. Mm. And then they liked my application. They said, you know, you really stood out from everybody else. Duh, 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 duh. Come and be the events manager. And I was like, cool. They weren't paying me, but, you know, this, this, was, what, this was the kind of job I wanted to do. Mm. It would look good on my CV that would allow me to get to where I wanted to get to in the future. Good experience. And... Um, so like they put on like shows and events and conferences and stuff, but I've never actually been to one of their sh- one of one of their things before. Mm. So 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 it was agreed that for the events, like the like the first one or two events that are coming up, I would 
I would manage, but I would watch so I can understand what what the events were about and stuff like that. And I was under the impression that they brought me on as an events manager. Mm. So, you know, the whole get to the event together, planning it, coordinating it, da 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 da. And, um, and this is me coming from a background working with like a professional wedding planner who's been like doing events for like the past 15, 20 years. Mm. And I've, I've been in an environment with like lots of different wedding planners and events planners who are all that very experienced. Mm. So I've seen the way, like, like, <laughs> yeah. And you can tell that there's a pattern of how an event has to be done mm. for, for, for it to work. And in this company I was, I, I was working at, it was just not happening that way. Like, it makes sense that the most important part of an event is booking the venue for the event. Because if you don't book the venue, you don't have an event. You don't have an event. You can't. You can't. You can't book artists. Mm. You can't do flyers. You can't start renting stuff because yeah. no one knows where it's going mm. to mm. or what day it's going to. And like all this stuff was to, was trying to go on, and the venue hadn't been booked. Mm. And then the venue I thought that and that we had decided on booking, um, my my higher up decided no, I'm not gonna go for this one, I'm gonna go for this one. And just like the way they were doing things, it was so haphazard and so mm. random. Mm. Like like the first venue we'd found, it was based on how many people it it, it, it could see see mm-hmm. versus how much it cost. So we're looking at it like ten pounds a head. Mm. So if we could fit two 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 thousand people in there, mm. we didn't want to spend. No, if if, if we could fit two hundred people in there, mm. we didn't want to spend more than two thousand pounds on it. Right. So that when so then they sold tickets for like twelve pound fifty, mm. so then you could you, you can, can, you can make a bit of yeah. profit. Mm. So that was how I was told that the calculation was being done for for like the venue searching. Mm. And I come to, um, I come in, and she's like, "No, we're going to a different venue." And she's gone, and then she's decided on a whole different system of how she's going to look for venues. Mm. So the venues we're going to be searched for, on the base of where, after all the seats have been booked, they would, we'd have like after the venue had been paid for, mm. there'll be three thousand pounds left for us to work with, for, for like, um, do, um, do the event kind of thing, right. which was not what she had told me, of of how to do it. Mm. And I was like, cool, this one is how you do it, cool. I'm I'm still learning the way the way you do these things. And then she's making me go and look for musicians for the night. Mm. We still don't have a venue. venue. And or a date. A date. And and the thing is, what made it so annoying is it, it wasn't just one date. Because like it was the first event was like a competition. Mm. Yeah. So, so 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 they wanted um a band for the night, but they also wanted the band just before the event or like a, a month before the event right. to work with the artists right. so that they could yeah. Yeah. yeah so no venue has been picked for for this workshop mm. or the or the show mm. and you want me to find out from artists how much they're going to charge these times I can't tell them how many hours um, did, um, where it's going to be mm. and I was telling her this and then she was and then she, and then she was trying to make, make out like I was being incompetent and it was getting on my nerves so much and then it got to a point she said Robert we need to talk and whenever I go I said Robert we need to talk I know it's, it's never a good thing it's never a good thing 
so chicks so you guys just noticed this the, the very 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 subtle shade chips, yeah. no 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 he said girls <laughs> instead of babes he doesn't see this fact, <laughs> <laughs> no when i say girls it's, it's so babes of oh, i'm being serious so what happened yes so she called me and the gist of the conversation was brother we're letting you go mm. i'm like no 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 you're not gonna do this over the phone you're not gonna do this over the phone so i said come let's meet let's meet i'm gonna come to the office and then Talk to like the, the big boss man mm. and you, and we'll do this. Mm. She's like, well, well, I've got a meeting today. Mm. Uh, can, can we do it in like a coffee shop instead? Mm. I was like, cool, let's do it in the coffee shop. So I go to the coffee shop. It's a long story. So I go to the coffee shop. She was like, well, Robert, you know, you haven't been very much of a team player. You know, you haven't been adjusting to the systems that we've, we've, we've been putting in place. Mm. And like, um, she said that, like, there was a way she wanted me to like put in information about the events. Mm. And it was such a long with the process. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I said, you know what, yeah? If this is how you want to do it, I'll do it. Mm. And she's like, well, you haven't put the stuff on there. I said, check the thing. She checked the thing, it was mm-hmm. there. And like, I, like I, I, did a, I did a nicely, a nice spreadsheet, made it look crisp. And it was like, well, you haven't done this one. And one of the, the talks she'd given me was, it said, hire out spotlights. Mm. And I was like, and I said to her, well, any, any um, venue will have the the has spotlights. Mm. What she actually meant was that she wanted a stencil to put on top of the spotlight. Right, right. Which is not what she asked for. She said, "Well, if you don't understand, you should, you should come up, to, come to ask." But the task you gave me, I, I, I understood. Um, no, I understood but, you weren't clear. But that was different from the task you wanted. Mm. And then so many different things. Mm. And then just basically looking for search and find. Yes, and I was and I I was doing everything that they had called me. The, what they had, all the things that they had asked me to do for free. Yeah, as an event planner. Just wanna put that out there. And then, and then she said, and like because they're like a startup, mm. so they haven't got like the funds necess- like like uh, uh, unlimited funds. Yeah. yeah. And then she was saying that she expected me to write proposals to get grants from like different companies, <laughs> which was nothing we nothing we had we, 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 we had ever discussed ever. And she was like, well, trying to take advantage of your free label. And then she was like, well, I thought you'd be a bit more proactive than this. And then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gosh. thought you'd be a better slave than this, Robert. <laughs> so, you yeah. You want to call me Kunta. <laughs> Kunta wasn't a good slave either, let's just And then even then, I was like, you know what, yeah. Now that we've, 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 like, we've, like, we've like, had this conversation mm. and, like, cleared up all this, mis- um, this, 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 this like, confusion, I think we should try and give this a, a, another try. Mm. Because now that I know what you expect from me, I can go off and do can, it. Mm. And she was like, basically she was like, no. Nah. So I was just like, cool. And then I just left the building. <laughs> left the coffee shop. She didn't want to adjust. Did you, pay, did you pay for your coffee? I didn't, I, I, I didn't buy any coffee. You only bought coffee, like, you know, like, this is on you, yeah? <laughs> and yeah, and like, she'll give me tasks, and it was it's not that I wouldn't do them. Mm. I would I would tell her why this this shouldn't be done yet. The best way to do it. Yeah. And she still wouldn't listen. Even though I'd I'd I'd, I'd like set out why this shouldn't be done yet. Mm. And you know, She was looking for an apprentice, she wasn't looking for someone yeah. to do it. So she was looking for someone to come and follow her. And, mm-hmm. and look yeah. up to her yeah. and do whatever she does. And yeah, and <coughs> I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to be patient to, you know, be a good Christian guy and just like, you know what, yeah, God has given me this opportunity, so let me 
being lighted this place. Mm. And it didn't work out. Mm. But you know, in all things, God is good, isn't it? No, oh, that's true. So some people love the darkness. <laughs> that, that, that leads me to a question. You know, as as Christians, to what extent do you have to kind of like? Literally, you know, be that ragdoll that people walk over. Yeah. And then, at what point do you stand up for yourself? And you know, where do you find that line? Because standing up can be viewed as, uh, you know, confrontational or I think it's the way you disrespectful. Do it. I think it's, it's you gotta the, be assertive. Yeah. Mm. The, way, the, the way you do it, why you're doing it, mm. and yeah, and, and how you do it. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. applying wisdom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because like, yeah. even if you look at Jesus, Jesus was like a cool guy, but then he was the same guy that was going into temples, throwing over tables true. and stuff. True, true. So, like, there's time when times to be quiet and times to knock some stuff over. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing as well. It's like, especially the way you say it, when um, Christ was being questioned in direct relationship to who he was in God. He didn't feel the need to answer. Mm, mm, mm. But whenever it came to integrity of God's sanctuary and God's people and how to treat God's people and stuff, he always placed a defense and always responded. So when he walked into the temple, and I say always, like I've done clear cut, concrete, but glancing through my memory banks, it's like whenever people were being oppressed, she's a sinner, he's a sinner. He kind of defended them. Yeah, yeah. When when he went into the temple and they were buying and selling and turned them all into a marketplace and a place of worship, he, he became angry and he did something about it. Yeah. But when they were like, um, on what authority do you do this? He didn't feel the need to, to kind of give that. Yeah. And it, exactly how you guys were saying this about that wisdom yeah. and picking your battles yeah. and knowing that if they're necessarily questioning my Christian character, yeah. I don't need to stand up and be like, I'm an ambassador for God. <laughs> I don't necessarily need to do that. For the person to, to have said, leave your Christianity at home, means that your Christianity is on display to them in that place. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. And it's like, God had kind of taken you out of it without you having to lash out. Yeah. And little things like that. Sometimes when it's, addressing the institution there's there's ways to go about it mm. but when it's addressing your character as a Christian sometimes it's wisdom wisdom is um, wisdom is, is proved right by her children when Jesus was talking about yeah. when, when they're comparing him when he was comparing himself to John the Baptist to the Pharisees mm. and he said oh um, John the Baptist didn't come eating or drinking and you said he had a demon I come both eating and drinking, and you say the glutton and the wine-bibber is here. Mm. But wisdom is proved right by all of the offspring. Mm. Um, so, yeah, your character kind of does that, can do that for you. Do you ever think it's okay to toe the line in the workplace? To toe the line? Explain. When it comes to, like, doing something that may not correspond with your morals. Mm. So maybe, like, not lie, but, not, but then not tell the whole truth about something. Wait, where can you compromise? Yeah. Do you know what? I think the right answer would be you shouldn't compromise. But the reality is we all do somewhere, somehow. Yeah. And is there a right and a wrong? So, like, let's, let's say you work in a school and let's say maybe you have to call one of the children's parents in because of something they did. Mm-hmm. Would you tell the parent everything that the child did wrong? Um, yes. 
Every I, single time. That's just that's just to be safe. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Yeah, but these kids. Were, I had I had one student. Yeah, who was in the school. I'm in inclusion. He's in inclusion, and he's eating during the lesson. And I'm like, yo, you can't eat during the lesson. He was sitting over in the in the corner, and then he was sleeping. So I moved him over, and because there was more boys in the classroom, he thought I want to be a clown. So he started to drop comments and stuff that would gain a response. So. I was like, you can't eat. He looked me dead in my face and continued eating. So I got up, about to take the food off of him, and he stuffed most of it in his mouth. So I took the rest off of him and dashed it in the bin. Then he said, why did you move me from here, from there over here? And I said, because you were sleeping over there. And he said, it makes no difference. I'm just going to sleep over here as well. <laughs> and then he looked at the boys, expecting them to laugh. And I said, then I'll move you to the headmaster's corridor. No word of a lie, his response was, what's the headmaster going to do? He's probably in his office watching Pornhub. Damn. Please believe, I sent an email to the headmaster saying, he said, yeah, <laughs> you're in your office Bitch. watching Pornhub, yeah? <laughs> Sent. So it's like... <clears throat> Should have made it Pornhub.com so it's a hacky. Forward slash. Nah, but it's a case of... I always believe that it's with whenever you're conveying a, a situation like that, you kind of need to convey the severity or the magnitude of what the student has done. Otherwise, you might be downplaying it and they won't necessarily see um, how bad it actually is. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you just say, oh, he was um, saying inappropriate things, that could be anything. Mm. But if you details, this is what he said. You know that, yo. Um, personal thing for me, it was my birthday, 11th April, and I didn't, I didn't want to go in. It's my birthday. All, all, every time it was my birthday, um, it's been during the Easter times. So school, I didn't have to go in because of Easter break. When I was working at Sainsbury's, I always took my birthday off. That was the first day I wanted to take off before anything else. So it's my birthday, first, first day of term, I call in. The woman picks up. I'm like, yo. Unfortunately, I cannot make it in today. And she says, oh, are you ill? I mean, oh, you're ill. And I said, no, it's my birthday. <laughs> I said, no, it's my birthday. And then she goes, oh, um, happy birthday. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Hung <laughs> up. And then I got a message from my boys at work saying, happy birthday, Mo. And they're like, oh, so what, you're staying at home because you left it? I was like, yeah. And they was like, fam, you don't rape me. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not like, yeah. Then the next thing, everyone's like, yo, like, you just set a new standard. You set a new bar. I, I don't know anyone that's ever done that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You not expected me to lie? No, it's my birthday. It's long. I don't want to. I want to enjoy the day. Tutus, my line manager calls me come sit down I was like yo yesterday I'm like yeah you weren't in yeah cause it's your birthday yeah you don't do that I'm like why it's my birthday I don't I don't I honestly don't get the problem I'm like it's my birthday I wanna chill I don't wanna come into school and look at other people's kids faces 
I just want to chill. And he's like, you weren't ill. I'm like, so what? You would have, it would have been better for me to have called in and lied and said, yo, I was ill. And then spend my birthday. Rather than telling you guys, no, seriously, it's my birthday, I'm not coming And he was like, next time, just, you, you can't do it. <laughs> so I got that in verbal warning, I mean verbal warning, mm. just like, so you're giving me, because I told you the truth. Alright, cool, I'll take it on the chin. It's cool. I'll take it on the chin. Okay, so Peter, with with two children. <coughs> one question that parents would always like to ask is, how's my son or daughter doing? Mm. And you know, there are, don't, there'll be times when the, the, uh, the child isn't up to scratch. <coughs> and, and the parent is holding the belt as he says that. <laughs> I will snitch. Snitch? <laughs> I don't care. That's snitch. You know what? No, I think there was no room. Okay. No, I think recently because a couple Sundays ago, <laughs> I was um my after tutoring, you know, the kids were there. They're going to sit with their parents. The parents are like, "Oh, how are they doing?" <laughs> they didn't do their homework. <laughs> They're not paying attention. <laughs> this guy's doing okay in this. This guy's doing okay in this. But they need to work harder. They're sitting there. I'm saying it to their face because if I don't say it to their parents, if I don't say it in front of them. And I say it later on, they're like, oh yeah, people cover for us. Like, no, I'm not there to be your friend. <laughs> I'm there to teach you and get paid. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is a business arrangement. You know, so uh, definitely thinking. But, you know, I, I do feel it's, um, it, it's worth sympathizing with those whose, um, I, I would say your faith is not there just yet. Where, you know, some people are in, in jobs where they kind of, they feel they have to compromise. Like, mm. They don't have papers. They're working under someone else's name, you know, and then you're there. My question is, should you be in the job in the first place? But I, you know, ideally, <laughs> ideally, it would be like, maybe you shouldn't be working there. Maybe you should be back in your country if you're having to be here legally, mm. you know. But situations aren't, you know, it, it's not an ideal world. And I think it's definitely always worth bearing that in mind, you know. And I think, pray. I think we all need to be very prayerful about our jobs and, and what we do and how we do it um, simply because you know you're here or, or you as a Christian are not just carrying your own name you know you're carrying mm. someone else's name you've got someone else you've got God's name you know on your back um, and whatever you do is a reflection of that to some extent so to be mindful of that and, uh, and, and be prayerful about what you do mm. and how you do it God I feel like God he's very he takes care of us, you know, he takes care of us in, in any situation that we're in. Uh, I think we shouldn't take that for granted. I'll definitely say, I'll definitely agree with what you said as well, in terms of it being based on your um, convictions. Yeah. Um, when I first became a Christian, the thing is I used to work in the kiosk, so selling alcohol, lottery tickets, um, cigarettes and stuff, and I, I got convicted, because I was like, yo, I can't help someone kill themselves mm. by selling them cigarettes and I can't feed into a gambling addiction by selling lottery tickets mm. I can't do those things so I said to my supervisor I used to be in kiosk all the time I was trained everything I know how to do it so I said to my supervisor yo I can't do it and the supervisor was like why? I was like it's my faith day. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bad day I said faith I can't do it his first response was, but you're not Muslim. Because they always associate Muslims can't do that. Because mm. Muslims are very clear and strict about that. They can't yeah. touch alcohol yeah. or anything, straight haram. Mm. He's like, but you're not Muslim. I was like, yeah, but you know what? 
my faith and my convictions point me away from helping someone kill themselves. Like, I really can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it was really inconvenient for him because I was pretty much the only person that was trained there. Mm-hmm. But I had to stand, stand on my convictions and be like, yo, I seriously can't. So you can find somebody else, train them up. I don't mind being on tills the whole day because Kios used to be like a nice little break. Mm-hmm. I don't mind being on tills all day. Put me out outside, do trolleys. I'd rather do anything else than sell cigarettes. And I had to stand up for that. I think God rewards that, especially when there's like personal sacrifice involved. I find you know God always rewards it and, 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 and rewards you for for making that sacrifice. Okay. I think we should start rounding up now. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about everything we wanted to. No, you know? we've already gone over the hour. We can always do part twos of episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what do I want to say? If you guys want to like write in. What's your horror story? Yeah, man. Have you had a horrible boss? <laughs> Have you seen horrible bosses? Are you a horrible boss? Are you a horrible Think boss? Think about that Think one about right about there. <laughs> I would love to we see your... We take pre- confessions. If your previous boss calls me and say, actually, I put my hands up. I'm like, eh. <laughs> but we don't to know that your previous boss listens in, man. Yeah, just- man. All right, so let's start rounding up. Let's do our handles. Um, Twitter. At the Furnace UK, yeah. Uh, email address tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. Mm. Waiting for that fan mail as always. Soundcloud.com forward slash Blacksmith Furnace, no apostrophe. Yeah, iTunes, the Blacksmith Furnace with an apostrophe. Yep. Shout out to partners in rhyme.com that do the intro and the outro music. Yeah, and to Tora Media, yes, sir. That Ordinary Amazing logo. Yes, sir. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review, rate us. It helps us uh, get out there, uh, get gets people to know about the podcast. Bobby A. Events. Do you know the oh, you say every, every time. Okay. Someone might not have listened to the previous one, but might have listened right. to this. For any um, events planning, wedding planning, organizer coordinating, da, 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 you can find me at um, Bobby A. Events on Instagram. You can email me. You know. Yeah, man, that's me done. Sweet. Um, if anyone wants any photo shoots, pre-wedding shoots, wedding shoots, event photography, um, li- um, lifestyle or uh, location shoots, and what's the last one? Well, if you family want to, portraits. Family portraits. There we go. Portraits. Any any portraits and stuff. Give me a shout. Um, Instagram handle to see my some of my work. Instagram is more personal work. It's at hmuseh, and my WordPress is hmuseh.wordpress.com. And if anyone is associated with a school and is listening in, and you guys are thinking about um, getting some creative workshop, uh, creative writing workshop in your school, um, we've got Jamelia, we've, yeah, we've got gems out here. Who runs a company called Writers and Scribes? Yeah, doing um, amazing work. There. Doing amazing work. Writers with a Z, and Scribes with a Z. Um, both on, she's on um, Twitter, and general, yeah, website. It'll be in the description. It'll be in the description. So yeah, if if any schools or even youth clubs or anything that want to do creative writing workshops or mesh of different um, creative stuff, definitely give her a shout. <laughs>
got tons of talent out here. Trust me, we've got, we got the manage, management company coming up in a minute. Actually, no, it's already here. Um, Everyday Amazing. Manage, Everyday Amazing Management. Oh, Ordinary Amazing. Cheers! Ordinary Amazing. Awkward. Awkward. Wait, Ordinary Amazing. I said Everyday Amazing. <laughs> Ordinary Amazing.com. Obviously, that's Peter's thing. It's, it's, it's a management thing, but... It's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, okay, coming. well, I guess that's this is the blacksmith's furnace. Signing out. Blow. Blow.